Who is the beast in Revelation 13 and 19 and 16? Who is the dragon and who is the false prophet? This is what we're going to try to figure out today. Try to identify these people or ideologies or whatever they might be. So this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I think it's about time we all came to a better understanding about these three, the beast, the false prophet, and the dragon. So just how many times in the Bible is the beast mentioned, for example? According to Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, the beast is mentioned 37 times in the book of Revelation. The first seven times are from the Greek word dazunzun. And I know I don't know Greek that well. So, in other words, I doubt that that's the way it's really pronounced in Greece. But anyway, the next 16 times are from the Greek word therion. So we're going to take a look at the book of Revelation today and try to figure these things out. In my understanding, just to hit it hard right off the top, the beast, the false prophet, and the dragon are three separate entities, but not all of them are people, believe it or not. My understanding is this, the dragon is the devil, Satan, the serpent, that deceives all nations. The beast is Islam, believe it or not. The beast is the one who was killed or had a fatal wound in his head and came back to life to the amazement of everybody on earth. The Catholic Church tried to do away with Islam, the dragon is the devil, the beast is Islam. Well, who's the false prophet? Christianity is God seeking men, but religion is men seeking God in whatever way they can dream up. So forget about that stuff. It's useless and worthless. Now, this is probably going to be headed up by none other than the Catholic Church, which really is not a Christian church at all. It is an idol-worshiping church. It's a group of people that bow down to images and statues, pretending like they had some kind of power, which they have none, if the dragon is the devil. We've got one out of three already solved. So how can we prove that the beast is Islam? Let's go to Revelation 13. I'm going to read this to you out of the NLT, the New Living Translation. It is my favorite translation of the Bible. It's very clear. So we need all the clarity we can get. Verse 1, Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. Now, the sea is history, in my opinion. It had seven heads and ten horns, 
with ten crowns on its horns. In case you're wondering, the dragon in Revelation 12:9 is that great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. That's who Satan is, the deceiver. So in the 13th chapter of Revelation, we read this. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns, and written on each head were names that blasphemed God. You ever know anybody in Islam that blasphemed our God, Jehovah? Oh, yeah. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. You see, Islam is more than a religion. It's also a, an authority to live by. It's an ideology. And there are two billion people following Islam today. There are several factions, at least four, that can be named, two of which are Shiites and Sunnis, and they don't get along at all. So you can expect to see a fight between Saudi Arabia, which is Sunni, and Islam, according to um, Iran, which is a Shiite country, a Shiite faction. Those Shiites are very fundamentalist. They're the ones that do the majority of the killing of Christians, Jews, Hindus, and other people who do not cotton to Islam. But they get their power from Satan, the devil, according to verse 2, chapter 13, Revelation. The dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. Now, the throne here probably is referring to the 12th imam or something like that. Now, according to Islam, if you go to, um, let's say, Google or Wikipedia or somebody like that, you can read what, according to Islam, is the false prophet. According to them, based on or based from Diriyah in present-day Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, the false prophet is claimed to be a prophet in the 7th century Arabia. So in other words, it's kind of awkwardly worded here, but he was a leader during the Rida Wars back in the 7th century. He is considered by Muslims to be a false prophet, a false prophet, not the false prophet. He is commonly called Musa Ilama al-Kadaba or Kadada. I don't know how to pronounce 
their language either. It's Arabic. But to me, it's world religion. It's all of them. The devil is who is giving the throne, the authority, the power to work very strange miracles. But let's go on in chapter 13. I saw the, that one of the heads of the beast seemed to be wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. As I said before, the Catholic Church tried to do away with all of Islam by killing all of its members. But it came back to life through Muhammad. At least that's how I understand this. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshipped Satan, the dragon, for giving the beast such power. And they also worship the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. Who does more of that than Islam in the world? No one. And he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months, three and a half years. And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people. And that's probably referring to the Jews and to conquer them. But it's also Christians, in my view. The beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them, and he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. This is sounding a lot like worldwide. And all the people who belonged to this world worshipped the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made the book that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered, which would be Jesus. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken there. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution and do it patiently and remain faithful. That's tough. That's hard to do. Verse 11, chapter 13, Revelation. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast, whose wound had been healed, Islam. So somebody's going to come along, probably the 12th imam, and say that all the earth must worship Islam. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to the earth from the sky while everybody was watching. 
And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on the behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belong to this world. You see, Christians are not included in that. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak and probably move. I added that. And then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Ever know anybody like that? Well, the Islamic peoples do that. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or in the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. And that's the end of chapter 13. There is no other people group on the earth that does the damage that is done by the beast, the Islamic people. They have had their power given to them by the devil himself. And they are angry, hateful, and miserable people. There's no love in Islam. Check it out yourself. Read the Quran. Listen to what it says in chapter 16 about the beast. This is starting in verse 2. Revelation chapter 16. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth and horrible malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea and it became like the blood of a corpse and everything in the sea died. That's a lot of fish. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. Now there's no drinking water. And I heard the angel who had, the, had authority over all the water saying, you are just, O Holy One, who is and was and always was. Actually, it reads, who is and who always was, because you have sent these judgments, since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, you have given them blood to drink. It is their just reward. And I heard a voice from the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. Then the fourth angel, verse 8, poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch 
every one with its fire. Every one was burned by this blast of heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over all these plagues. They did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. Now, this is exactly what I was saying last week in chapter 34 of Isaiah. Why was the bottomless pit opened? Because of nuclear war, and it was in the Middle East, meaning it set the oceans of oil, which are just barely covered up by a few feet of sand, maybe 25 feet. A nuclear bomb going off of, uh, over that is going to blow all that sand away and set that oil ablaze. That's a fire that cannot be put out by human beings. We don't have the power to do that. Once we open it up, we're all in trouble, everybody on earth. You can see that because it's going to cloud the skies, preventing rain, preventing weather of any kind, no snow, forget about that, which means no drinking water and no crops, which means no food for man or beast. The world will be in real trouble, and it'll start to wobble. The whole earth will be shaking for months. Many people will die from that. There will be few men left, according to Isaiah. It goes on and says, His subjects ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains, and sores, but they did not repent. They cursed God, but they did not repent of their evil deeds and turned to God. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river, the Euphrates, and it dried up. It's dry today, actually. It's almost completely dried up in many places. It dried up so that the kings from the east could march their armies forward toward the west, i.e. Israel, without hindrance. And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. That's exactly what we're talking about today they are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them to battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God the Almighty. Verse 15, now these are the words of Christ in red. Look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their clothing ready, so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. 
the clothing he's talking about are these white robes of righteousness, in my opinion. And so keeping those clothes ready means keeping their righteousness top-notch, clean, and pure. Verse 16, And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and then armies and their armies to a place in the Hebrew named Armageddon. Yes, this is the battle of Armageddon he's talking about. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple saying, It is finished. Then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed and a great earthquake struck. It's the worst earthquake since people were placed on the earth. The great city of Babylon split into three sections and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. Now that's a big Earthquake. That's a worldwide earthquake such as was never before. 19 in chapter 16 of Revelation. So God remembered all of Babylon's sins and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath and every island disappeared and all the mountains were leveled in hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky on the people below and they cursed God because of the terrible plague of the hailstorm. And that's the end of chapter 16. Now we need to introduce the great prostitute. This is in chapter 17. One of the seven angels one of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me and I will show you the judgment of that great prostitute who rules over many waters or many peoples. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it, like graffiti. The woman, I added the graffiti part, the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand she held the golden goblet, or a golden goblet, full of obscenities and impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. Now that would be Christians, not Jews. 
I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed? the angel asked. I will tell you. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast and the seven heads and ten horns she sits on which she sits. The beast you saw um, once or was once alive but isn't now, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go into eternal destruction. It's still describing Islam to me. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at her or the reappearance of this beast who had died. So we have the beast, we have the false prophet, and we have Satan. So Satan is the serpent, the dragon that deceive the whole world. The beast is, in my opinion now, Islam. And they act like a ravenous, venomous animal. And they kill people, and Christians especially. They hate us. And the false prophet is religion, headed up probably by the Catholic Church. So we'll have the Pope probably, in my opinion. And they will sit down with the imam, the 12th imam, and try to work things out. At least that's a theory. So you've got to make your own decisions about these things. I can't be dogmatic about it because it, it isn't really known just yet completely. We'll have to see. But we can pray. We can certainly watch the world news and watch this thing come together. And piece by piece, it will be done. It will come together. But let's keep one thing in mind, if you will. Jesus' words in Matthew 24 will come true. And so we can go through that again. We go through it a lot on this channel, on this podcast. But um, at any rate, here's what he said in verse 29, which we covered last week. It still holds true. The sun will be darkened. The moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky. I was going to explain what that means. To me, it means all the satellites that keep the Internet alive are coming down because they're controlled by radio telescopes and signals that, that fire retro rockets to keep them in orbit. Well, they're going to come down, because the powers of the heavens will be shaken and disrupted and torn up. All of the Internet is going to stop one day. And I think Jesus is predicting that right there. That's when we'll see the sign of the Son of Man, which is the lightning that shines from the east to the west. And he will come in through the clouds, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth because they are dying. And that's my take on that. 
So this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I hope you get some good out of this, but the reality is he's coming back to stop the war, stop the trouble, clear the skies, and start anew. Start by refreshing and recharging the earth. Here's what Isaiah had to say in chapter 27, verse 1. In that day, the Lord will take his terrible swift sword and punish the Leviathan, which is the devil, the swiftly moving serpent, the coiling, writhing serpent. He will kill the dragon of the sea. In that day, sing about the fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, will watch over it, watering it carefully. Day and night I will watch so that no one can harm it. Now that grapevine is probably the Jewish nation. If I find briars and thorns growing, I will attack them and I will burn them up unless they turn to me for help. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. He is coming back, folks, and he's going to fix what's wrong. We can rest assured about that, just like we can rest assured there will be sunrise in the morning. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and you can read up on these things. It's to build faith. All of those videos you can see there, you can actually see proof that the Bible is real and that it's true. Go to I Tell Why and check out those videos and you will learn so much. So until next time for Bible Prophecy Radio, this is Albert Hardy. Have a great evening.